each person can do their own little bit and each little bit helps. It's not like uh, if people just think it's all too hard and I'm not going to do anything about it, then nothing will ever happen. This week on Dirty Linen, we are talking about sustainability, the environment, what businesses can do for good. Our guest today is Max Shutkin from Little Sky Gelato in Brighton in Melbourne. Max uh, is Max's business, Little Sky, is Australia's first B Corp certified gelato business. So B Corps measure their impact across five areas workers, customers, governance, environment and community. And Max can tell us all about the process. Welcome to Daddy Linen. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me on. It's great to chat to you. Um, I love Little Sky's gelato and I was excited to hear that you'd become a B Corp. Can you tell us about that process? Yeah, sure. B Corp is something that probably a lot of people don't really know much about, but it's a certification for a business. So if people consider an organic product or a fair trade product, the certification is proving and assuring people that that product has met certain criteria to become organic, whereas B Corp is about sort of looking at the business as a whole and certifying the business to prove that it's doing certain things about the environment, the sustainability, their employees, and <clears throat> excuse me, where they may or may not get their ingredients from, from a business, uh, food business point of view. Okay. And I mean, what was your motivation in going for this certification? Um, when we, my wife and I opened Little Sky, we sort of wanted to create a business that had the same values as we did personally. So we set up a business that was focused uh, on the environment, focused on purchasing and sourcing ingredients locally, and also being focused and part of a community. So B Corp sort of encompassed all of those values and gave some sort of credibility to what we are doing and what we want to do in the future with our business. Okay, because, I mean, B Corp is a worldwide movement. I, I believe there are somewhere in the vicinity of 400 Australian businesses, businesses of all different sorts that have gone through this certification process. I mean, why not just like do good, be good, like what's the, what benefits do you get from going through this certification process? Yeah, that's a good question. The benefit, I guess, is that it just shows customers that are interested that we're not just talking the talk, we're actually walking the walk as well. So it's quite easy for someone to say behind the counter, oh yeah, we use such and such, or we buy our ingredients from here. But um, they may or may not actually do it. Whereas when you go through a certification process, you actually have to prove that you are doing what you say you do. So it's it's a way, I guess, just to give a little bit of reassurance to people that do or are interested um, that we are doing the right thing by the environment and by our suppliers and, and for our customers. Mm, so what are some of the things that you have to check off to be certified? Um, so from, because as you mentioned, there's lots of different companies becoming B Corp certified. So in relation to a food business, um, the things that are, are important are where you source your ingredients from, uh, the environment. So what we do with our packaging and our electricity and where we get our power from, and also 
um, being part of a, a, a local community. So you're giving back in one way or another. Right. So what about packaging? Because that to me is something that I often have a crisis about when I buy gelato because still so much of what you do buy is in polystyrene. What do you do about that? Yeah. So from day one, we we chose not to use any single-use plastic and any polystyrene. So all of our cups and spoons are compostable. So they're made from cornstarch. And as far as the polystyrene, it has incredible thermal property so you can put your ice cream into that container and transport it for quite some time without it melting but it is absolutely terrible for the environment so we also use compostable uh, cornstarch containers for our uh, take home as well as a stainless steel canister which is a reusable system so we uh, fill up the stainless steel canister put a cardboard lid on it the customer takes it away consumes it and then brings it back empty and we then have a washed additional or another canister that then we refill and the customer takes home. Mm, I love that because, you know, I bought some ice cream recently from somewhere and it came in the polystyrene and, you know, I don't, I hate having polystyrene into the house because what do you do with it? On the bottom of the on the bottom of the pack, it has a recycling symbol and it's just I, it's so, like, why isn't that illegal when there is actually nowhere that you can recycle this substance? Like, that I know of, like, I've rung all the tips. Like, there's no one that will do anything with it. Um, it's so frustrating. Yeah, and it is very confusing for the consumer because it has the recycling symbol on there. So you just assume that you can put it in the recycling bin at home and it somehow gets recycled. But there, there is a recycling system available for polystyrene where the manufacturer will take it back. However, that requires the consumer to bring it back either to the store that they purchased it from or take it back to the manufacturer uh, for recycling, which realistically, it's never going to happen. The store's not going to take back a dirty, empty container and store it in their store until they decide to then take it back to the manufacturer. So it is very confusing when they put that symbol on there. Mm, it is. And I think it's, as with so much around sustainability, it's that sort of outsourcing of responsibility that is such a big part of the problem where, um, you know, whether it's a wholesaler or a retailer or a manufacturer, I guess in the first instance, like it's just people that aren't taking responsibility for the end use or the end outcome of the substance or product that they're producing. Exactly. It's a very short-term vision to just sort of assume that the person down the line is going to do the right thing. But unfortunately, most of the time it doesn't happen. Was there anything as part of your certification process that that really surprised you or that you found particularly challenging to tackle? Um, So the process took quite some time because it is quite in-depth in in their investigation. Uh, So I was surprised uh, in regards to having to list all of my suppliers and then basically show uh, the percentage of what each supplier uh, is in my business. So it was good to see because as an example, I could say that I use fair trade vanilla, but it might only be 1%. And then the 99% could be purchased from a non-fair trade vanilla supplier where they actually scrutinize and to check that um, basically that 
all of the vanilla as an example is fair trade and not just one percent and, and then I can say oh, I use fair trade vanilla um, so that was that was surprising and but as a good surprise mm. and if you I mean you develop new flavors all the time do, do you find you need to be quite thoughtful about the sorts of flavors that you design simply because of this um, process this of ethical sourcing? Yeah, it does require a lot of extra time on my part to source ingredients that uh, that suit and fit our our ethics. However, there are businesses like um, the B Corp certified that you can sort of go, okay, let's go through this listing and see who is in Australia, who is certified that is already producing this or importing these items, and then um, investigate a little bit deeper rather than sort of just having to constantly search and search and search. Having the ability to have a certification like B Corp where you can search and filter out by certain products and then you can search for, for ingredients in my sake or uh, by companies that are, are holding the same sort of uh, ethos or value system. And have you ever found a flavour that just was impossible because you just cannot source that ingredient uh, in a way that um, satisfies the criteria? Uh, yes and no. So we try and use uh, only seasonal fruit. So, <clears throat> excuse me, um, basically if the fruit is not available in Australia, I'm not going to purchase a fruit that is going to be imported or frozen. So it really sort of limits what I can make because of the seasonality. Um, apart from that, everything is almost available here in Australia when you look a little bit deeper and, and you can find small batch producers basically doing everything that, uh, that, that we need. Mm. Um, and does it cost money to be a B Corp certified company? Yeah, unfortunately, everything to do with sustainability generally costs a little bit more money. Um, so becoming certified does uh, cost money because of the certification process that they go through. And then there is also an annual fee because they continually uh, monitor and check the businesses that are certified. Um, but it also costs money to be environmentally focused. So it costs more money, unfortunately, to use 100% green power. It costs more money to buy compostable spoons and cups versus single-use non-recyclable plastic. Um, so unfortunately, at this point in time, it does cost more money to be more sustainably focused. And are you able to pass those costs on to your customers? Uh, to a certain extent, yes. So we we are a business, so we need to look at all the costs and, and therefore set our pricing accordingly. But unfortunately, you can't just set the pricing too high because it, uh, it is still a business and we need to be competitive in the market. So we do... Uh, we do try and be conscious of that, but definitely when you're making a product and your ingredients and your overheads are higher, then generally the selling price is also a bit higher. Mm. I find it like, you know, the, um, the Liberal government's approach to uh, solving climate change is basically to pass the buck to people who are innovating in other ways. So the scientists are going to do it. The business owners are going to do it. Don't worry, guys, it's all happening. I mean, how do you feel as a business owner where, you know, it, it lays at your feet? There aren't the there aren't sufficient policy um, 
levers that are being pulled to, let's say, mandate sustainable packaging or mandate green power, or, you know, or, or support green power to an extent where subsidies are taken away from fossil fuel providers, for example. How do you feel about all this stuff being landed at your feet? It's really frustrating. Um, and I can understand why a lot of small businesses don't do it because of the fact that it costs so much more money. It's We do it personally because it's a personal thing that we feel it's very important. And um, we would do it regardless if it was the same price or more. But it really should come back at a government level. There should be much more um, help from the government to promote sustainability and removal of fossil fuels and single-use plastic and all this sort of stuff because ultimately each person can do their own little bit and each little bit helps. It's not like if people just think it's all too hard and I'm not going to do anything about it, well, then nothing will ever happen. If every person did their own little bit, then eventually those little bits would add up to something quite substantial. But it would also help if the government then helped financially and made it more enticing for small business to become a little bit more focused on the environment. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It's very frustrating. I feel like all these conversations I'm having around hospitality and, you know, food businesses and sustainability, like it, it's it, people are doing such good things, but uh, it, we just need, you know, that top down uh approach as well for it to be yeah system-wide and 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 meaningful um so yeah we are we've just started working with sustainability victoria to be a case study to show small businesses that you can consider the environment and remove single-use plastic out of your business and still continue to operate in an in a normal way so hopefully with Sustainability Victoria is starting to do a lot more. Hopefully that then trickles into the government as well and will showcase to other small businesses that it's not impossible, it's not that difficult and, yeah, it, it, is, it is something that we all need to consider and start doing in one way or another. So, Max, what got you into gelato in the first place? Uh, so I... I haven't been in hospitality for terribly long. We we opened our business in January 2020, a couple of months before COVID arrived. And uh, previous to that, I was in a, a completely different industry. I've always enjoyed cooking at home and um, enjoyed the process and the, the sharing of, of food over the table at home. And... I guess at one point in time or another, I decided that potentially gelato might be a good idea. We, my wife and I live in Bayside and with young kids, there was not really any gelateria close by that I felt that sort of represented real Italian gelato. So one thing led to another and I I traveled to Italy and studied the process of making gelato. And eventually we sort of opened up our shop in Brighton um, as a crazy idea. <laughs> what was your previous career? I spent uh, over 20 years dealing with industrial machinery for woodworking and stone. 
So it led me to travel quite often to Italy because the equipment was manufactured and imported from Italy. So in my trips and on my trips over there, I would be exposed to amazing Italian food. And I just became more and more interested in food. I became more interested in where the food was grown and where it was, um, how it was processed. And I guess coming back from my trips, I'd go to a gelateria and there were still, there are still some great gelaterias, but none that were sort of in our local area. Um, so yeah, it's sort of came about that way. And how have you, I mean, obviously it's been an incredibly challenging couple of years, but uh, if you can somehow <laughs> strip that out of it, or perhaps you don't need to, like, how is it? How has it been having this complete change of career and opening this business? Uh, well, COVID's been such a big part of it. So it's sort of impossible not to uh, take that into consideration. But changing careers is is challenging, but exciting and enjoyable at the same time. I... Uh, um, COVID has been tough and it is still tough. I don't think hospitality in Melbourne is probably back anywhere near where it used to be pre-COVID and it's still uh, a very sort of volatile or unpredictable environment um, at the moment. So, But being in hospitality is great, meeting people face-to-face and sort of watching them eat the gelato for the first time and just sort of their eyes light up and it's like, wow. It really tastes like the, the real thing. And, and we have an open kitchen in our shop so people can see how we make it. They can sit down and they can watch the process. And being interacting with the customer is, uh, is really a, a great experience. Mm. And have you got a, a flavour that, you know, you always have to have and that, you know, people come back for time and again? Yeah, so we, we have a very limited offering in flavour. So we've only ever got 12 flavours on the menu at any one point in time. And you have to have, as a gelateria, the, the staple flavours that people expect, such as vanilla and chocolate, um, which which are standout flavours. But we also have our cookies and cream, which is one of our most popular ones because we bake our own cookies and, and mix that through. But um, people love the pistachio and the hazelnut as well. Uh, they're just classic Italian flavours that um, just, yeah, standout flavours as well. Mm, so on the pistachio and the sourcing, like where did the pistachios come from? So the, it's a good question because we do grow pistachios and hazelnuts here in Australia. However, it is in such minimal quantities that I've tried really hard to source them locally and have been very unsuccessful. So my pistachios and hazelnuts both come from Italy, um, come from the south in Bronte and in uh, Piemonte for the, the hazelnuts. But hopefully over time that we can sort of grow more nuts here in Australia and I can start using Australian nuts as well. Because, mm, yeah, there's nothing like pistachio gelato or hazelnut for that matter. But, um, yeah, it would be amazing to have a pistachio that was distinctively Australian. That would be a very big point of difference. Yeah, I've to, I have not had the opportunity to to get enough to roast up and grind down into a paste to really taste what the difference is like. But um, it would definitely be a great way to be able to showcase Australian ingredients if uh, if there was enough 
quantity of pistachio grown and hazelnut to be able to use that in our in our flavors. So Max, speaking of great flavors, shall we make a little announcement? Sure, why not? We uh, <laughs> tell tell us what's coming up at the end of this week. So each Friday we uh, we make a new flavor. Sometimes the flavor comes back, but we try and release a new flavor each Friday. And this particular Friday we have the Danny Valent special flavor on the menu, which is an interpretation of a cheesecake. It's we're using quark instead of your traditional Philly cheese, and we're mixing that through with a homemade chocolate brownie a chocolate and hazelnut janduya mix and some roasted hazelnuts as well. So it's a uh, flavour combination, all dreamt up by yours truly, Danny Valent. Max, I am so excited and honoured um, to have a flavour in your shop. Um, how long is it going to be there for? So it's being released on Good Friday and we hope to sort of have it across the Easter weekend and into next week. Oh my god! I, I get a long weekend for my flavor. That's so exciting! Wow. There's a, there's a public holiday in honor of uh, the new flavor. Woohoo! Um, okay, Max, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be down there probably daily uh, eating my own flavor. But thank you so much for doing it. Um, it's I've had I've tasted the prototype and it's super delicious. So everyone, get down to Little Sky Gelato in Brighton. And if um, people want to investigate B Corp, so the Australian website, it's bcorporation.com.au. So just the letter B, corporation.com.au. Um, would you recommend people have a look into it, Max? Has it been good for you guys? Yeah, definitely. It's um, The website is fantastic. There's video links and a lot of information about the process and and. Uh, the types of businesses that are already certified. It gives an outline of how long the process normally takes. So it's a yeah, really, really helpful website. Mm. Oh, well, good on you for um, yeah, leading the way. Really, um, yeah, it's really impressive and inspiring. And thanks for coming on the show today to tell us all about it. Really appreciate it. You're very welcome. I'll see you for gelato very soon. Sounds good. We'll see you soon. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Peppy.